We are live. Welcome to Staking Mondays. My name is Ken, and I'm here with the co-founder of Staking Rewards, Merkel Schmidl. And today we have Deepanshu Tripathi, founder of- We are live. Welcome to Staking Mondays. And Asset Mantle is a creator-centric framework for NFT marketplaces that provides users all the elements required to create individual marketplaces. So Deepanshu, let's jump right into it. Some lightning round questions. What was your first investment outside of BTC and Ethereum? Um, like my first investment de definitely initially was, uh, like Atom, uh, still very, uh, like a uh, big holder of Atom. I always believe the tech as the, and always believe in that particular token. Yeah. Awesome. That makes sense. And what do you think is currently the most underrated crypto project outside uh, of asset matter? I'll have to, uh, like, uh, go back to, uh, Cosmos and Atom for the same. I think it's still very underrated for the kind of technology and com tech communities built around it. Yeah, I'd say so as well. And uh, what NFT project got you really hooked onto NFTs? Uh, it was definitely uh, Comdex. Uh, why? Because uh, that particular project utilized NFTs for tokenizing uh, real world uh, high seas commodity. And uh, that was super interesting to see a uh, use case outside of just the art and uh, yeah, collectible NFTs. Cool. And who do you like? Who who inspired you uh, the most in your crypto career? Um, I I think I'll have to uh, say it's uh, uh, gonna be uh, Vitalik because of the technical communication and uh, uh, the commentary on uh, how uh, technology and so the socio-economic aspects collide with each other. That he's kind of been my yeah biggest influence. Yeah, great to hear. And that's definitely a common answer to that question here on the show as well. Um, how much of your personal portfolio is staked? Um, so I would say it's majorly staked. Uh, I'm a big user of uh, 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 P-stake liquid staking. Uh, so I'd say like kind of 80% uh, 80, 80 plus definitely staked. Awesome. That's great. And what's an activity you do to relax from the wild NFT crypto markets? What do you do for fun? Uh, I, I swim a lot. <laughs> I love swimming. I've been doing it competitively also, uh, but like not, not after joining crypto though. <laughs> well, that's really cool to hear. So a competitive swimmer. Awesome. Okay. So let's hop into some of the topics that we'll be discussing today. Uh, so just to summarize, we're going to dive deep into Asset Mantle's positioning in the NFT market landscape today, Asset Mantle's key value-added role in the NFT marketplace, defining the NFT use case today versus what it will look like in five years, from status to utility, how NFTs will become increasingly important to all kinds of blockchain activity beyond the Bored Ape-style proof of status, Web3 gaming and play-to-earn, and whether NFTs need their own dedicated blockchain in light of the fireworks seen over this past weekend. So let's hop right into it, guys. And for everyone watching today, feel free to comment any questions you have for Deepanshu, and we will certainly be able to get to those at the end of the episode during the community section. Okay, so let's start. So your website kind of makes you out to be a Shopify of NFTs. Is this intentional? And do you think of your primary audience as the NFT creators or the NFT consumer purchasers? Uh, so like uh, the biggest problem I think uh, uh, I've seen 
with respect to uh, adoption of uh, uh, like the blockchain technology, Web3 technology in general, has been the friction that the non uh, like crypto or non uh, crypto native people have to like uh, and the learning curve that the people have to go through before they can make their first uh, make the incentive of for participating in the ecosystem. Uh, and that's especially too for creators. Uh, like, why should a creator have to know uh, like what Gatsby's is, what Web3 is, or uh, how how much uh, like uh, what are private key or seats are, how to secure them, uh, in a, and like learn about all of that stuff, right? Uh, they should they they should only worry about like what they're good at, uh, which is creating art and creating awesome and beautiful art, right? So. Uh, majorly, we wanted to like uh, reduce the whole like friction that the creator community faces, uh, which is uh, a uh, the learning curve, uh, b the cost uh, it involves, uh, c the technical know-how it requires uh, to build a marketplace. So that's why we initially are very creator-centric uh, and uh, trying to get as many like new entrants. Uh, not only from the creator side, but also from the collector sides who are not crypto native, uh, making it making it very easy to step from Web three, Web two to Web three. Uh, so yeah, the primary focus right now are definitely creators, uh, initial phase, and then later on uh, we're gonna shift towards community, which is gonna be and gonna stay focused on uh, curation and discovery and marketing, and finally we're gonna get super super focused on collectors and uh, how to solve uh, issues that they face. So it's like kind of a phased. Uh, yeah, focus for us. That makes a ton of sense. Just getting like the the artwork on the uh, on the platform first, and then the community will follow. Like have a uh, yeah, yeah. stepped uh, rollout there. Um, so when you think about your own product market fit and what you are doing compared to like others or like what others are not doing, um, are you trying to harmonize the NFT auction process, or is there like some some really key feature? Or set of features in the NFT market that you think is missing from the typical NFT transactions today, or like where where do you differentiate yourself? Kind of yeah. Um, so there are a few uh, points of differentiation that we are trying to tackle here. Uh, first of all, majority of the NFT uh, projects out there have been built on like uh, smart contracts on layer one, and the power consumption and the overhead transaction processing overhead for NFTs technologically is. Uh, 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 becomes a blocker. There are a lot of uh, like uh, uh, big uh, marketplaces out, out there uh, that uh, the front ends do not perform as well because of the like uh, the technological issues with asynchrony, with the, and, uh, the blockchain being non-finalistic and uh, probabilistic, etc. So that's the that's one thing that we're trying to solve, uh, bringing uh, like the Tendermint core consensus engine into picture, uh, bringing, bringing low gas fees, uh, bringing in uh, like a, a, a finalistic, uh, like quick finality, uh, non-probabilistic transactions. Uh, on top of it, uh, reducing the overhead of uh, processing the transaction, uh, which uh, through a, a virtual machine and implementing all of the NFT code at the blockchain module level itself, so that the uh, like. Uh, TPS could be increased, the gas it, it, it requires to process transaction could be reduced, and the, the yeah overall power consumption, gas consumption, et cetera, could be reduced. So that's from the technological aspect, like a core core infra aspect. From the protocol aspect, uh, the one big problem uh, that people face is 
they're not being one singular place uh, where you could view all your NFTs. There's not one wallet where you can just go and see where your NFTs are. Uh, every different uh, like a marketplace has a different web app and you can only see the NFT that you have in that web app at that particular platform and nowhere else, right? Uh, so which is a, which is like from a user perspective, the big interoperability problem. Like uh, I don't have a, like as we call it mantle place, um, place where you keep all your NFTs, uh, have a marketplace called mantle place, by the way. So, I mean, that's, that's the big, one big like uh, friction that uh, people have that uh, if let's say one new NFT project or one friend of mine were to drop in NFT somewhere on Ethereum on some smart contract, uh, technically, I ha if I did not knew what the contract was, I'll have to scan all the NFT contracts, thousands of NFT contracts to check to get where my NFT is, right? Same with the web app. I have to go through thousands of web app daily. If there's a random mint that has happened that I did not know about, to check and see if I got something or not, right? But what if I had just one wallet where I can view all irrespective and just one place where I can view all of them and don't have to scan contracts but the wallet itself uh, at, a, at a native level shows me the NFTs. Um, so that's that's one huge friction that we are trying to reduce and uh, minimize. On top of it, there are multiple things like uh, uh, you being able to send your uh, NFTs out to other blockchains, uh, you being able to uh, like uh, attach your uh, NFT wallet with your identity, giving it a social aspect to it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's one like uh, uh, operations wise uh, uh, from end user wise uh, differentiation. Uh, the third uh, from the community aspect, from the uh, like uh, creator aspect, the differentiation that we're trying to bring about is uh, uh, like uh, uh, making the whole onboarding journey very frictionless with respect to technology and the uh, cost it takes to onboard. Uh, on top, not only helping the creators through the technological aspect, but also helping through DAO's uh, uh, curation, verification processes, and uh, marketing and uh, 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 art and price discovery processes as well. So these are the major three prongs which we are focusing on. Uh, the technology, the UX, and the creator uh, uh, aspect that we are trying to uh, like uh, modify the, the way NFT projects have been uh, built so far. Yeah, definitely very novel prongs to work on uh, solving these friction areas. The other side, Meta, for instance, people trying to mint uh, land deeds in that metaverse were paying 2.5 ETH in gas fees. It was a gas war that broke out this past weekend. So the first yeah. prong uh, that you're trying to solve there is, is definitely, you know, very relevant as of, you know, just, just this past weekend. And so how do you guys deal with NFT security, the subject of security here? So often NFTs are used as vehicles for inserting malicious code into users' wallets. And this is a common new way to rug NFT purchasers. How do you guys alter the NFT transaction flow or change transaction experience or security environment to reduce the likelihood of this happening? Yes, that's a great question. Uh, so, like in 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 from what what can be like read through or uh, the information that we see uh, about like how some of these hacks have happened, uh, I would say like uh, majority of the ones that I have seen analyzed have uh, happened through uh, the Web two uh, component of the whole flow that actually got compromised 
uh, leading to the like uh, Web3 component also being compromised. So for example, uh, some of the marketplaces, uh, the exchanges are uh, done through uh, the Web2 component. There is no, uh, like they're not smart contract based. Uh, listing may be done through the Web2 component uh, offer and the communication that happens what happens is the Web2 component. The social media handles that get compromised and uh, uh, like stuff is sent out that that happens with the web two component. So overall, like uh, the first first thing that we have tried to tackle is uh, make everything web three first. Uh, so like the exchanges, uh, the bidding process, uh, the royalties. Of course, the royalties are baked in at a protocol level itself. Uh, uh, all of these components have been like yeah defined at the web three level to reduce. Uh, that one uh, piece of uh, uh, like uh, 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 the, uh, compromise the attack surface that Web2 brings along with it. Uh, the second thing that we have uh, seen that uh, like uh, leads to a lot of compromises is mishandling of keys. Uh, now we are tackling a new whole new set of users with the asset mantle that not only creators but collectors that we are trying to. Uh, uh, bring to our platform for the first time, bring to Web3 for the first time. And a lot of hacks happen through uh, compromised keys. So that's why, and uh, this this learning comes from us build, having built like uh, Web3 platforms for uh, like Web3 use cases. Uh, how, how do we build a like way of uh, uh, on-chain authentication that even if you compromise your keys, you are still able to recover and retain your uh, wallet because there's no backend that you can call up and be like, hey, I lost my keys. Uh, how do I recover, right? Uh, so the 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 way the way that we have done is through something called inter-identity. So like uh, your wallet is actually linked to your identity and the addresses are just authentication mechanisms. So you can add multiple authentication mechanisms or multiple keys. And even if you lose the seeds for one, even if you lose the device on which the seed was there, you don't have to worry. You can uh, directly delete that and like add a different key uh, remove and keep on rotating the compromise key. So you may end up losing your seeds, but you will never end up losing your identity. So like that, that, that leads to like, yeah, a bunch of, attack surface uh, getting uh, reduced as well. Uh, third thing is the uh, like uh, hacks that happen through uh, homo, uh, I forget the word, homo, homoglyphic or homographic uh, uh, mechanisms, which is I try to mimic someone else, right? Uh, how do I, how do I like on blockchain, I just see you as an address of uh, like a fixed length uh, hash, hash bytes. Right, a Web2 component is showing me what that hash bytes translate to as identity. Who logged in with that, right? But at the end of the day, majority it's on anonymous. Uh, how do I like get to know about an identity or uh, if, if verify if this particular hash belongs to a given person? Again, the identity uh, comes in play. You have human readable identity. You have human readable on-chain uh, issued identities that you verify and see and uh, like understand rather than having to depend on a web two component to tell you that, hey, I am the real boarded yacht club and this fake one is something else, right? Uh, so yeah, uh, these, these, are the, these are the three things. Uh, uh, fourthly, there's no smart contracts on our chain. Uh, all, the, all the like, uh, uh, we do have WASM smart contracts, but that's just to build like uh, in sandbox utilities on when the chain is live. 
are not as a permissionless smart contract because right now I think the technology is not ready to have permissionless Watson contracts. Uh, so all of our modules like integrate with Watson smart contracts so to be able to introduce a new utilities on the fly. But there are no smart contracts at the module level uh, itself, uh, which implies that uh, like um, although the protocol allows for many, many different kinds of flows, there is no like uh, uh, entry point for malicious uh, code to enter uh, inside the transactions that we do. It's all like vetted, tested in a testnet. And it, although overall it becomes a slower process, but it becomes a more secure process to be introducing more code uh, to a running blockchain. So yeah, I mean, um, the, the, these, these are the four main areas. Uh, web reduce dependence on web 2 uh, identities and uh, like uh, protocol level code blockchain level code that we depend on to uh, reduce the attack surface awesome yeah i mean that, that makes a lot of sense just like stripping down some of that to really uh, increase the security I, I think that's a pretty good approach um, so I'm, I'm very curious about your take on nft industry in general like uh, currently, it's primarily like crypto outsiders, and like it's like they're they're seeing NFTs as like uh, yeah con consumer status signals, and um, like yeah for some some crazy pseudonymous world, and um, there are probably a lot, a lot of uh, insiders as well, and uh, they're seeing it as like the whatever like fancy like like a like a status on like a Gucci bag or whatever. Um, and like, what do you think about the general market outside of like NFTs as status symbols for for this world? Like, for example, as KYC passports or um, like, yeah, royal enabled digital art, on-chain credit scoring, and and all of that stuff. Um, like, we we did some experimentation with that at Stack Awards too, where we uh, just created some NFTs and sold them as like advertising slots, so you could claim the. NFT and uh, claim your advertising spot with that. So, um, yeah. like, there's so much more to it. Um, and where, like, where do you see the industry heading towards to? And uh, what's the role of Asset Mantle in there? Uh, that's that's a like awesome question, uh, really, uh, because uh, uh, like uh, uh, me and the uh, like uh, team members that are working in Asset Mantle, they have been working on NFTs for a very long time. And the first use case that we ever picked was uh, NFT use case itself, like uh, 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 Comdex, Commodity Distributed Exchange Comdex platform, uh, was uh, built to enable trading and financing of uh, commodities uh, through blockchain, through Web3, so that the uh, information recorded there, like the main purpose was not to have a crypto-based commodity sale, but to have a like MIS system, management information system, where uh, which is unhackable and can the uh, the transaction can be utilized in a uh, code of law as logs towards if uh, uh, like a mis uh, con conducted uh, transaction happens. Um, so those NFTs were huge. Like uh, uh, they used to like some of the NFTs used to have like seventy different fields on top of them and would have like. And PNCs, different PNCs, uh, thousand plus different ways in which a like exchange could happen. And uh, in fact, when we started building the project, we did not even like know that the term NFT was a thing. Uh, we we just built it out as like data objects as models that like you would build in a uh, like MVC uh, project, right? Uh, and uh, yeah, that platform is right 
and uh, working right now and like doing a lot of transactions at the at the same time and uh, that's where we started from like, even cosmos ended up uh, publishing a article which acknowledged our team as the first in the world to do a, a nft uh, ibc non standard ibc transaction um and the, when we were building asset mantle we had in mind all the different kinds of use cases that nft in future should be able to accommodate for not just the like current uh, use cases that we see in terms of art uh, and collectible uh, with some attached utilities uh, so but at the same time uh, like we were a little early with, with respect to that and uh, the kind of utilities that we built in not even exposing all of them with the first iteration keeping it simple only focusing on the current use cases which are prevalent which is like art and art and collectible based use cases but our platform is built out to enable uh, use cases as complex as uh, uh, commodity trading uh, um, and we call it a multi tenant platform which implies that multiple different kinds of like use cases and platforms could onboard on top of it as a like a, a a persistent layer and utilize it to store the digital assets ownership and enable uh like uh, workflows that could be as complex as uh, a high fee commodity trading uh, workflow uh, uh so that's that's the that's the first view that the use cases are uh not only limited to just uh collectible but uh it should basically allow for uh like any asset to be like represented on chain and at a cost and a tps that like literally if you wanted to have like let's say all the uh vehicles all on on chain represented as an nft like you should be able to do so and uh, like enable things like like let's say mutable aspects or privacy along with it um the the uh se second uh like uh, uh thought on uh which nfts are valuable and which are not so like yeah in the past uh, like we all we have been building like asset mantle the first demo was actually uh built out and uh like made public in last to last years uh like december so uh like but at that at that point there were no like buyers for nft there were not pe no people who were bullish on nfts at all so we like kind of put that on a back burner and uh, right now we see a uh, like a, a huge explosion a cambrian explosion of nft projects uh and even people are trying to st are, are struggling to understand like what do nft actually mean and what the value is so like i thought about it a lot as well like what does constitute uh valuable nft uh when cryptocurrencies came out um the general populace used to call it like magic internet money that only the internet nerds use it has no value in real world and will never have a value in real world and look at us now right in 2022 it does have value now we know uh nft is the same thing uh, people call it receipts of like web2 images uh, on chain receipts of web2 images that you bought which uh, <laughs> i do not hold any value but like yeah i mean 2030 who knows <laughs> we would, he would not be repeating us uh, the same same statements but uh, through my analysis what i have understood is whatever is not on chain is not valuable uh, in the long term the 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 thing that gives uh, value to an nft on chain is it's uh, like in like unerasability or like how do i put it it's non ephemerality right if if i buy a image on top of web2 
uh like it may or not may not exist uh like let's say the next thousand years but the bitcoin that i bought uh 0.0011 worth of bitcoin that i bought would be maintained in my account for the next thousand years if the bitcoin chain uh, is live right and the same guarantee should be uh given with the nfts that people are selling but majority of them do not come with those guarantees majority of them come with uh web2 uh, resources that definitely will not last maybe next like uh, two decades let alone a, a, a millennia so uh yeah i mean whatever can, i i think whatever uh, kind of data can be put and be valuable on chain that is only on chain and not dependent for its majority part on the web2 aspect that's what i would call a true valuable nft All right so your your assessment is basically like most of the hype and status signaling that's going around was like the the uh yeah bored apes of the world and stuff like that's like it's a hype right now it will go away and we will oh. go more towards like real like blockchain utility nfts where the use cases of an nft are like really in the center um of the of the actual objects is that right like this is where you see like for the absolutely. next years the the industry heading or uh, absolutely that's 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 uh where uh, i would see the industry heading and i i, I mean the like uh, history repeats itself uh, as as would like if 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 you were to look at uh, like uh, let's say mobile applications when phone came around or like websites when the internet came around a uh, lot of them were considered valuable just for their association to the new technology the internet or being a mobile app or something there was a huge bubble around mobile app startups uh majority of them like won't even do anything like the peak of it was i guess there was this one app that i saw that you can add friends to and just send a bro to them whenever you want it <laughs> like that that app took took off and made like thousands of dollars in on on the marketplace right so initially when a new technology is uh like uh, exposed and even with respect to like uh, tokens right when when bitcoin came out there were so many new tokens that were created that had no utility at all some of them even alive till today right like uh, uh yeah the, the do- doggy coin right um no utility uh, mentioned the same thing also meme coin uh, no utility but it's a coin so for the sake of it it has value i think uh, there's something similar is happening to nfts as well this a little frothy right now the market and the uh, understanding of the technology and the use cases are is not very known either to the creator nor to the collector uh, they're still exploring and understanding what what gives it value what doesn't um so uh, and there would be a lot of nft projects that are there just for the sake of it uh, um, but i think overall uh like we saw in like with respect to applications with like we saw with respect to website and like we see even with respect to the uh like top 100 cryptocurrencies as well all of them uh, are alive only because have they have a utility attached to them and no just meme value i mean some of the meme value ones are still alive like that's not a correct statement as well uh but yeah uh, i think utility based nfts are like how this technology this particular uh, new uh, uh, asset class is going to survive in the future yeah and and i guess one more open ended question what do you think about this play to earn aspect of the nft economy is around web3 gaming do you consider that to be utility or what are your thoughts around play to earn 
definitely i i i think uh, like uh, even as a gamer myself that's one thing that i have always regretted in fact like uh, i was reading one day uh, the reason why uh, vitalik buterin even started uh, building ethereum was because he used to play i guess league of legends or uh, uh, world of warcraft actually yeah uh, would play one game a lot and uh, uh was not able to like all the grind that he had done and the uh, uh like items that he had done was he was not able to like effectively exchange sell display collect show show these off and that's where this whole thing started from and me as a gamer that's the same thing that like i faced that hey uh i i made so much effort on this particular thing and like in this very small universe in this very small piece of code does it have any value and no value outside right so what 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 if like this digital uh earned trophies this digital earned objects i could uh have it as a reconciliation free reconciliation free being the most important part point pointer here reconciliation free object that i can display trade own uh keep with me even if the code that operation like this it does not exist what am i able to uh, utilize as a huge huge use case and i think that's that's how we transition from the like uh uh like not normal uh like web to be social media to uh metaverse where ownership of digital assets is given value for the first time and made easy and yeah nfts are the way to go um, i think metaverses are just like people would argue what's the difference between a metaverse and video game right um there there are a lot of online games that look like, that you can say that these are hey metaverses right I think the only differentiation is the ownership, the digital asset ownership, and the value that you give the assets in the in in that digital space. Uh, that that differentiates a metaverse from a plain plain uh, old uh, video game. Cool, cool. Um, Deepesh, do you want to share like some quick thoughts of you like on the recent um, happenings on the Ethereum blockchain with like ApeCoin and the other side land sale? Um, What happened with the Ethereum gas fees during during that auctions, and what's your take on that? Um, I mean, like uh, uh, in general, uh, never a person to uh, criticize other innovator and uh, project that are trying to uh, build something at all. Uh, but uh, uh and i haven't even actually like uh, done 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 a very deep technical dive on this particular issue my knowledge is limited to the analysis i read for from more uh, knowledgeable uh, people but um, yeah uh the with respect to the gas fees uh, um so in distributed system system there's a concept which says that uh, you only replicate a process as many times as much is the probability of fault and your expectation of fault tolerance is uh, no more no less right uh, let's say you were creating a, a database for your organization record all the employees right? numbers right you most probably are not even going to replicate the database uh, you most probably are just going to take snapshots and backups and that's all so no cash fault tolerance required for you but you scale the problem up and you and your uh, security comments go up you replicate it maybe once and then you replicate it four times so maybe you replicate it uh, based on uh, geo locations right but uh, the cost that is spent on uh, like replication and fault tolerance only increases with the your use case 
what what what's happening with ethereum i guess is the like all the applications irrespective of their uh, rec- security requirements are being replicated as many times as the most uh, like valuable uh, use case is being or most security intensive use case is being replicated the same security guarantees are being given to a transaction that's happening for board uh, boards as is given for for a very simple like uh, maybe on on blockchain smart con- on smart contract game that is out there that has no value at all so yeah i mean imp- empirically speaking uh, like singular most uh, expense like security intensive transactions would at that particular point of time have been those uh, bode benefits and uh the like uh, security requirement or the cost that 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 security requirement required required the gas fees to go up and because of that all the singular simple uh, use cases uh, had to stop their cease their operations right and that's where the failure of a singular world computer is maybe not all the applications are worth running on a, a high security singular world computer maybe some of the lower ones that that you do not think are worth paying thousands of dollars of gas fees for transaction and ensuring security are i should maybe exist on some other chains maybe should exist on um, less energy intensive and less replicated systems uh, so yeah i mean that's my two cents or take on the whole like in from the engineering perspective uh, what understanding of distributed systems and like security requirements for fault tolerant systems are and how much is too much yeah very interesting insights there and you mentioned security um, do you think that NFTs NFTs and NFT projects would need their own separate blockchains themselves obviously asset mantle is a layer 1 that facilitates the creation of NFTs and marketplaces um but do you think each NFT project is there a case for them to have their own separate blockchains to create a stable and consistent user experience or can you give us the case of why they should build on asset mantle perhaps um so like um um i think that uh, in general like any application uh that is like uh that is scaling up that has more like users than uh let's say like let's more than 1000 or 2000 users should definitely consider uh running on their own chain the reason for that is uh, uh the uh any system that is like meant to scale uh if it's built on a shared uh shared uh a shared like resource uh, with multiple projects that is limited then you're going to head uh, hit into you're going to head into scalability issues uh if i have like let's say if aws only had like uh, 100 systems and i were building on aws and initially like my my requirements were just for like let's say like one cpu core but i knew that like it's going to scale up to a point where i would have 100 uh, cpu core usage and i build the whole technology just to run on aws then like yeah i'm going to run into like uh, scalability issues so i see this problem the same way it's like uh, ethereum has is, has a limited number of transactions that can fit inside one block right and uh, there are uh, so many projects utilizing it there's a cap to how much you can fit inside and if you if you want to like scale to a point where everyone in the world is utilizing your nfts and definitely uh, like that is not the way to go then i think all all different applications would have the chain that one to see want to scale 
the secondary thing is I, I, uh, I, I from scalability, it's the like uh, storage aspect on blockchain. Um, storage is the most valuable resource uh, that exists. And NFTs, as I discussed earlier, are only valuable if the uh, metadata, if the content, if the operational part of it at least is stored on chain and is not ephemeral. So, but if 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 we have uh, n number of like x given amount of storage um, that that like a chain could have, and again uh, like uh, infinite operation time period, then in that scenario. Uh, I think it makes sense again from scalability aspect to like run it on their own individual uh, uh, optimized chain, which will optimize on like either storage or transaction based on like how heavy the NFTs are on transaction or storage. So each different use case should be served by each different like uh, guarantees of uh, scalability, TPS, um, security. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think. Uh, 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 building NFT uh, use cases on separate blockchains make a lot of sense. Uh, with respect to Asset Mantle, like our initial thought process was to build out a set of modules that anyone can utilize to build their own blockchain for NFT. And Asset Mantle was just supposed to be a uh, like a, a proprietor zone per se, a zone where uh, a zone where you can just test out how the like. Uh, uh, how your marketplace would look like uh, before like spinning and spinning up uh, your own uh, version of it, right? The kind of like uh, before you make your own website, custom website that has more utilities, you first uh, most probably utilize some um, online uh, sun, uh, online editor that that uh, um, gives you like close to uh, what your requirements are. The website that works. So uh, yes, asset mantle is a is a multi tenant. Uh, uh, multi-tenant NFT marketplace. It's not just one marketplace. It allows for multiple marketplaces to exist inside one chain. And um, it's a ploy, it's a, pl it's a mechanism to get uh, uh, and onboard as many NFT creators on top of the ecosystem as possible. And uh, maybe one of the uh, like marketplaces become too big. Uh, maybe a government use case comes or a, a enterprise use case comes. Uh, where they want to like let's say store all the social security numbers or all the like identities on chain right that would require different level of security that would require different level of storage and it would make a lot of sense to like spin this off as a separate chain but for small use cases for use cases that are just trying to figure out what like creators are just trying to figure out where to start uh, I, and having that whole like uh, uh, interoperability aspect i think uh, uh, Asset Mantle is just built as a on-ramp towards like Web3 for these creators. And uh, not only creators, I think any other kind of use cases as well, uh, asset tokenization use cases as well. Do you, do you have any thoughts on like how the Ethereum network could improve to like better serve NFTs in terms of like the, the big spikes and so on? Like, I don't know, have some kind of load balancing or, or whatever um, that makes it easier for, yeah, like just... Kind of balancing out the the NFT sales spikes, something like that. Um, I think uh, the like off-chain uh, front-running prevention is something that is gonna hugely help uh, these use cases. So, 
like basically what's happening here right now is uh front running it's it's a front running to the max right i see an nft listed and i see a person ready to bid uh x number of dollars on it i don't know what the value of nft is but i know what this person is willing to pay which implies that i can front run and like increase his like uh, in, increment his bid by one and send my transaction into the mempool because it's not included yet he has not been able to buy it yet right and how do i front run this guy i just increase my gas price right i i i just uh, pay more and this this leads to a all out war that happens uh, so there is a very interesting uh, technology out there called vdf variable delay functions so how they work is uh, you expose the hash or the secret or not a secret identifier of the uh, thing to be auctioned first and then uh, off chain at your end you create uh, you have a, a mechanism to uh, like uh, do computations that are non parallelizable so for example routing a number is non parallelizable however many cores you have uh, the routing process is like uh, taking a root over of a number is always going to be like uh, uh, like uh, uh, time de time dependent more than the core dependent uh, number of cores dependent or thread dependent uh, thread bound time bound and thread, thread bound operation so you take this uh, like uh, uh, identifier of the thing that is supposed to be auction and then you start doing operations on top of it and if you observed and made a bid first and you did more number of iterations whenever you are submitting the uh, transaction the gas doesn't matter the person who did the most amount of iteration should be the one that is uh, considered for uh, like and then nft because he has submitted a proof that he has been observing and he has made the bid before the, anyone else so that's a front mechanism that i think can solve the whole uh, like uh, gas wars that are happening right now in ethereum yeah, it seems like a very elegant solution that should be deployed. And I almost wonder, um, now we can shift gears into the mantle stake drop. So this was, you know, a very successful way of distributing uh, the, the Genesis drop of MNTL. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the stake drop in, in your perspective? Uh, why did you choose to do it the way it was planned and is and executed? And are you happy with the results achieved? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I mean, uh, uh, right now on our, they're just talking about the results and uh, there are some positives and there are some negatives as well. Uh, so uh, talking about positive, right now we have 84,000 wallets and the transaction that we have done in the last two, two weeks uh, ha is like soon approaching a million transactions and it's a like two week old chain. So like, uh, it's it's uh, it's only been because a lot of people interacted with with the blockchain. The uh, issue that happens with majority of the airdrop is is majority of the airdrops mechanisms are based on snapshots, and uh, there is no control or there is no effort that one person can put to be like or be able to predict what chain and what snapshot are gonna be taken right. Either you keep your assets liquid and just lock them away and forget about it to make the most amount of take drop, airdrop in the project that you're interested in, uh, or uh, yeah, uh, uh, there's nothing. There's not a lot you can do uh, in those airdrop mechanisms. Lucky or lucky is like a lottery, and what do you do with a lottery? You generally like uh, treat it like such. You treat it like free money, right? Uh, you did not want it, someone gave it to you. Uh, 
uh, that's the first problem. The second problem is uh, uh, the number of uh, users, right? That are maximum in that airdrop, if you're taking a snapshot, total number of users at that particular time of point of time on that project are the users that you're going to get, no more, no less, irrespective of who would want to have participated or if your reach could have been bit bigger, better, right? So uh, if the airdrops are always based on snapshot, the total number of users in the ecosystem are always remaining a constant. Those who are in, who are in, there's no uh, place or point of entry for new people, right? Which is wrong. The whole purpose of airdrop is to give access to uh, people to be able to try your platform, right? So that's why we picked a mechanism which is not based on historical data or a snapshot that no one has control over. It's dependent on your, it's live. All the calculations are done live. And there is a game aspect, a gamification aspect. And there is uh, efforts that you can put to be able to ensure uh, more number of uh, like rewards and a place for entry for new uh, new participants as well. It's not just bound to only X number of uh, constant uh, airdrop holders that like are in the ecosystem and have been like uh, getting the most out of it. Uh, and that's why I think uh, st stake drop mechanism was kind of like uh, uh, like innovation wise. A uh, good thing that like uh, proved itself with respect to the number of transaction and wallet that we achieved. But at the same time, uh, implementation-wise, I think uh, we did not ex ex expect the scale at which uh, we got responses. Uh, we were expecting somewhere around a thousand, two thousand, five thousand volumes to participate per chain. But in uh, in um, uh, Cosmos Hub, we got like sixty-five thousand wallets. Now the number, the amount of time, the engineering wise it takes to like process one block, we, we only optimized it for like 10,000 wallets max. And then we got 65,000 wallets. So we're uh, like uh, uh, processing uh, started getting delayed and the people started getting confused and angry. And like if, if you FUD, people start FUDing the project. And yeah, I mean, that's the negative side of the whole uh, thing. Like uh, uh, as we put it, like, uh, fail fail successfully <laughs> <laughs> and like now that the uh token is launched and the the mainnet is launched um like can you walk us a bit through like the tokenomics and like what, what is the targeted staking years like what's the inflation rate and um how is that going to change over the next coming years as well yes um so like um the big pointers with respect to token economics uh, the like 50% of initial circulating supply is uh, like airdropped to uh, to end end user of the platform. So because we we understand that like the technology is the small part of an NFT platform, it's the uh, creators and the collectors that make the platform what it is. So community first. So the to the token is the currency of the culture, and that we aim to distribute to the. Uh, like people whose culture it is, right? Uh, so 50% there. Uh, although at the same time, uh, to incentivize the uh, like uh, projects coming on board, uh, we did have to reserve uh, uh, like 30% of the tokens uh, for like community pool. So this pool is meant to like uh, spend based on community proposals on projects, uh, not community, I will say DAO proposals and uh, have enough like liquidity inside it to bootstrap DAOs uh, so that like, yeah, the scalability aspect can come in with respect to doing business development and onboarding from a more decentralized perspective rather than the uh, like uh, team itself with its, 
uh, like uh, doing the bd for it so which leads to a exponential aspect of it uh, the more the token like use case and the value increases the more uh, value there is to give out to new projects the more uh, uh, resourceful the dows become and the more they can scale, all scale up together so yeah the 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 flexibility concept your token value leads to more adoption more adoption leads to more token value and it all feeds into itself uh so yeah that that was a thought process with respect to like token economics and how to uh, like bootstrap uh, like uh, the new projects and creators initially for the first two years uh the secondary aspect uh, of uh, the like uh, 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 token economics is the dynamic aspect of it which is the inflation rate and halving uh so as uh, a team uh, is uh, going to like uh, planning to commit to this particular project as we have been working for it for the last 4 years uh and we aim to work on it for the next 20 years as well as asset mantle as 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 the asset mantle development team uh part of the asset mantle development team so uh, the inflation uh, schedule is uh, like set for the next 20 year the having uh, happens over the next end of 20 years and by that particular point of time we expect the fees on top of the chain to be enough to support the validators and the uh, pos uh, consensus on top of the chain uh, so that the inflation uh, aspect does not come into picture uh, initially the inflation is set to 75% and it's set to half every 2 years so so the initial like uh, uh, inflation is, has been uh, designed in such a way that like the distribution happens to the initial uh, like the uh, majority of the tokens are not with the uh, people that initially hold it majority of the people are uh, tokens are with the people who are taking it and this ensures like a more equitable uh, distribution uh, of of the token the people who are uh, like sticking to the token uh, holding the token are the one that uh, become the recipients and the people who are trying to rug the token or trying to exit the token other ones who like never become a overall in the overall like picture the bigger uh, holders of the token so uh, that that's that's the that's the viewpoint and perspective we had with respect to like inflation and having was with respect to the chain uh, getting to a point that it becomes uh, self sustainable with respect to the fee generated on top of the chain for the uh, chain operators to be uh, profitable while up like running the chain Yeah, thank you for that explanation and there will be also more information available on the Asset Mental profile page on staking rewards in due time here. Um now to get into a question about the Genesis Genesis creators that were selected. Can you tell us a little bit about the process of selecting the Genesis creators and maybe who your favorite project is amongst them? Uh mine for instance is Mental Monkeys. I can't wait to see uh these come out and see how the Monkey DAO plays out as well. Yeah, uh like uh, uh i would have to uh like admit to um, my like uh, ignorance a little bit here like uh, like i'm more at the technical end of it and uh uh like uh, uh, the uh, creator onboarding like I, i know my code but i didn't have zero capability to like understand or curate art or rate it at all so it's 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 a uh, uh, the business team has been the one that 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 has like designed the mechanism to like onboard and curate the genesis uh uh like a uh, so i don't have a, 
like a lot of views into like uh, how and why but uh, our our the overall idea and the direction the vision that we we on boarded with was uh, these that uh, a we want uh, like new creators to come on 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 board uh, the the ones that have never uh, participated in the web like web3 ever or have created nfts ever so creators that uh, were uh, i mean the distribution channels are not very well built for creators right now and web3 just enables them to take ownership of their distribution and royalties so i uh, wanted new projects a uh, great project that are out there to come on board and be first time exposed to web3 and also web3 be exposed to them uh, to asset mantle so and secondarily uh, we were not expecting to like onboard huge some huge uh, like use cases that will just overtake the uh, chain and like uh, as i mentioned the security of the chain is dependent on the uh, token price and if the overall uh, token value that is staked is not equivalent to like let's say the nft that are on top of it then there is a always a chance for a hack or a failure so um that's that's the secondary thing that we wanted to slowly uh like go to a place where we we uh, onboard and uh, get bigger and bigger use cases on top having said that like uh, um this to drop an alpha we have got uh christies um that is set to like uh, start utilizing asset mantle um as 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 well as a big use case coming on top so my my favorite project uh from genesis uh, creators I, i i really enjoy mantle monkeys uh as well uh my mine i would say would be um like my so really <laughs> like uh, that uh, particular project uh, so yeah all right nice nice yeah um just check it out guys um if you're listening here um make sure to check out the projects on asset mantle um and can you give us like one piece of advice you would give for new nft investors or like for any nft investors like what's one saying everyone um should keep in mind when investing in nfts um the value of nfts i think uh, come from a few aspects uh, one of them is uh, the rarity aspect if uh, like there are x number of nfts only that are going to exist and definitely that, that that gets i mean any asset in the world uh, the value of it comes from its rarity so rarity is one aspect the second aspect is uh, who created it like uh, uh, a human being can be considered like a limited uh, like a set on its own right limited uh, the production uh, person on its own uh, mint on its own right uh, as a human being maybe i can write x amount of code in my lifetime and similarly an artist can only produce x amount of art in his world so that rarity again gives um, the work its value so who created it the rarity of it and how much of it on chain versus how much is on the web too um like how much can be operationalized on chain and what utility can be given to you on chain not off chain off chain utilities can be retracted back uh tnc's apply as they say but uh, whatever is on chain is 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 uh, like it's going to stay forever right uh, or the blockchain guarantee that it's going to stay forever so yeah i think these are the three uh, aspect that person uh, someone should be considering while uh, buying nfts Well, we certainly appreciate the rarity of you coming on the show here and explaining all the topics you have today. 
Um, I guess to wrap up, just one last question before we get into the closing statements here. Is there any announcements you want to uh, break live on the stream here today? Um, uh, so with respect to announcement, yes, uh, there are a few to make. Uh, like, of course, starting from the obvious, we have got our uh, like mainnet live, uh, the wallet and explorer are live. The website is live if anyone wants to check out. Um, the the uh, claim process for uh, Osmosis LP providers is live. The uh, uh, two out of five missions are live. Uh, the third one will come live tomorrow. Uh, the proposal for uh, like uh, Osmo incentivization for the Osmo uh, mantle pool is live. So like Osmo holders, if they want to vote on it, or, or whatever direction. Uh, so that's that's another thing. And uh, on the 12th of May, uh, we are going to have our Genesis uh, creators releasing their uh, NFTs uh, for lazy minting on, on top of the platform. So uh, yeah, 12th May is the big uh, big announcement, I would say, that, that, that has not been like put anywhere else right now. Awesome. Thank you so much for breaking that live on today's show. So look forward, guys. A lot coming up in the next two to three to four weeks here for Asset Mantle. And uh, again, it's been so great having you on the show here today, uh, Deepanshu. If you could just give uh, the community watching a place where they can follow you and learn more about the stuff that Asset Mantle is working on. Um, yes. So like uh, uh, my handle is, oh, yeah, deep, right on the screen, Deepanshu DR, and I go by the same username on all the platforms out there, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, Telegram, uh, Instagram, it's all the same. Uh, so yeah, I mean, uh, but the more important one is the, the other one on screen that is Asset Mantle. Again, Asset Mantle goes by the same tag everywhere. On Asset Mantle Twitter, there's the link tree, which lists out all the links to join the community, to, to like take part in uh, discussion, to read more about Asset Mantle. It's uh, it's mentioned in the uh, link tree link on Asset Mantle Twitter, whose uh, uh, handle is like fl flashing right on the screen right now. Awesome, and thank you for everyone for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. You can also view other episodes on Spotify and YouTube, and make sure to give the thumbs up and share this episode around. As always, guys, happy staking and take care. Thanks a lot, guys. Cheers. Thanks.